filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So I went to a bar on a Monday night for the first time in years, and I'll tell you why. Santa is to blame. We were going to take my daughter to Santa at the uh, Science Museum, and I had a little extra time, so I went to get a beer at the bar across the street from Santa, and there just happened to be about... 20 Arsenal fans at that bar. And uh, Arsenal was apparently playing as they do, according to Jason, every day and every day from now through eternity. Uh, my, my official stance is that Arsenal plays a game once every 22 hours on the dot. Um, and I did a poll on Twitter and apparently people agree with me uh, in that they voted for more than once a day. Um, I thought people were going to vote for literally every day. Um, which would have also been fair, but uh, no, uh, people agreed with me that Arsenal plays a game of soccer once every 22 hours forever. Um, there is no end. Their season never ends. It's just uh, an eternal 22 hours, and then they play forever. Yeah. And, and people this wonder game, why Emery couldn't get the get them in gear. They're yeah, just someone tired. needs to let them take a, a break. They're just really and, tired. And in this game, Arsenal won, and... Uh, so the Arsenal fans at Gus's in Richmond, which is the better of the two soccer bars in Richmond. Don't go to Penny Shots Lane. Fired. Don't go to Penny Lane. I go to Penny Lane because it's like a block from my office, but Gus's has better food and a better TV situation. So you should go to Gus's. But there was one sad uh, West Ham fan there, and he was singing self-deprecating songs against his own team at the Arsenal fans. And I just that wanted is to the most West Ham thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being yeah. the one guy at the bar and then singing sad songs about yourself at other people. Yeah. I just that wanted to give him a hug. He very was, West Ham. He was so sad. I, yeah. So Jason, do you remember, do you remember at the bottom line, uh, back in 2013 for the, the open cup final, um, there Lucky was boy. one RSL fan there. Yeah, Lucky Bar, not the bottom line. Or not bottom line, Lucky Bar. Yeah. They Lucky are, Bar was the only place showing it because it was on yes. Gold TV. And so it was jammed with DC yes. fans desperate for it something was. good. And the one one lone RSL fan in like an RSL hat and scarf. Um, Sitting quietly at the bar. <laughs> just came in, sat, people kind of like playfully booed the guy. He sat down at the bar and I think people just kept buying him drinks. Yeah. Um, Oh, yes, I definitely also watched that game at uh, Gus's back in. Yeah, I think I think I remember. Then I think I remember you saying that like most of the Richmond DC fans showed up at at Gus's because it was the same situation where yes. virtually no one got Goal TV anywhere. Um, Correct. And so you had to go find like I I there wasn't even a thing I could pay for at home. Uh, there no. was no package that would allow me to pay extra to get it. It was like you have to go into DC to watch the game and. Uh, after the game, Adam leapt on me and someone dumped beer on our heads. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Never more or less served. I don't, they didn't intend to dump beer on our heads. They just accidentally did. No, there are um, definitely pictures of me with my arms around you and somebody I have not met before or since <laughs> um, watching the game like wrapped. Um, yeah. I, I said bottom line because that's my alma mater bar. That's okay. that's where Purdue fans go, but, but lucky bar. No one, is, no one would know that. No well, Purdue fans. All of our I know there's at least one. If Purdue we have more than listener. if we have more than three <laughs> Purdue fans who listen to this podcast, I will eat a boiler. I don't know. You will drink a boiler maker on the next show. So Purdue fans, hit us up. Filibusterpodcast. But isn't that just beer and and whiskey? Yes, it's not actually that. I mean, I bad. I, I do that. I do that like. But yeah, it's but like, together. Beer. It's it's a shot and then down your beer. I it's, know. It is a. I do that like twice unhealthy a year. way to drink. Right. Yes, I'm most healthy. ways are. 
Anyway, hey, hey, welcome in. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United and Memory Lane, not Penny Lane podcast. I'm Adam Taylor. I like it. All right. I'm Adam Taylor, joined as always by Jason Anderson and Ben Bromley. We are all from blackandredunited.com, where we like to talk about DC United, and that's what we are talking about tonight. Uh, A few things happened since our last show. We're going to talk about them, and we're going to run down four more names in our season review, which I like to call cake or death, and certain other people on this show like to call it something else that is even more nonsensical than that i mean uh, le- legally legally two-thirds of us call it good or fox so that's right. legally well, binding the, the obvious name for the that set of uh decisions it it couldn't be more straightforward <laughs> sorry less couldn't be less straightforward that's what i'm looking for uh before we talk about anything else though jason what are you drinking tonight uh, I'm taking it back to, uh, since we're talking about the open cup of 2013, I'm also drinking a drink, um, that I haven't had in quite a while on the show. Uh, I'm bringing back the old fashioned, old fashioned. Um, mm. so I've got, referenced uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it actually kind of been, has been like bouncing around the back of my mind. And tonight I was like, you know what, while I'm waiting for my computer to restart, I will, uh, bring it back. So for our newer listeners who don't remember the fact that I used to drink this like every other week for like a year. Um, and old fashioned, old fashioned is um, Angostura bitters, uh, simple syrup and bourbon. And that's it. Um, right. I guess you have it on the rocks. Um, Isn't that just an old fashioned? I don't remember why it's an old fashioned, old fashioned. An old, an old fashioned uh, traditionally comes with a, a maraschino cherry and like an orange slice. Uh, uh, as a garnish, uh, um, I'm I'm too lazy for that for that ish. I don't have a full orange um, for one thing. I've only got the um, tangerines that become popular this time of year. Uh, I also don't have any maraschino cherry. So as always, this Who has does? become a like I don't have that, so I'm just going to leave it out. Um, yeah, my bourbon this time is uh, Evan Williams 1783, and everything else is as I already a good said. Choice. So I'm. Also drinking an old fashioned um, at nice. Thanksgiving. My my contribution the last couple of years has been an old fashioned bar where I bring different kinds of booze and bitters and fruits and um, syrups and people can make their own uh, kind of mix and match. And so that's what I did for for this one. I actually have um, mezcal union okay. for this, um, which is very kind of classic middle of the road mezcal mm-hmm. um it's not like a smoke monster and it's not something it, it's just it's what you think of when it's, it's a solid of, representative mezcal exactly exactly um one of the syrups i made for thanksgiving that i have some left over is a star anise orange peel and uh cinnamon okay. syrup that so i have some good. of that in there i have some orange bitters uh and i i stirred it up with ice and then cheat code if you're making if you're ever responsible at a party or on a date for making uh winter or fall cocktails get a little grater and grate some nutmeg or cinnamon on top when you're done and it'll just make whatever you make even more delicious and i so i have some fresh grated cinnamon on top like a fancy boy that sounds it's, good it's a nice fall beverage ben I am going with I, I've I, I'm an old now. Uh, I am approaching Jason level oldness. Um, but you, you probably, I continue to age at the same rate as you. <laughs> you haven't caught up at all. Right. It's, it's, I, I, I didn't say I was catching up the whole time. Right. Okay. I get you. Uh, and he'll probably laugh at me for for my uh, infirmity uh, once right. I state it. But. Uh, uh, Caffeine and I are no longer friends, basically. Caffeine just, just sensitivity. gives me a, Caffeine now just wallops my butt uh, whenever yeah. I have a significant amount of caffeine. Uh, so I have I bought uh, all non-caffeine mixers uh, 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 a couple weeks ago. So I'm having bourbon and A&W root beer, which is pretty good because I like A&W root beer. So... But I, I am now I in my in my old age and in my uh in my ancientness I've been relegated to non caffeine sodas. So root, root beer it is and ginger ale it is. Well I'm glad you're enjoying the taste of it anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, the taste is good. It just doesn't have caffeine, uh, but I can't, but yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the soccer. DC United uh, inked a couple of guys for the upcoming season and years to come. Bill Hamid and Frederick Briant are officially back in black and red for the foreseeable future. Bill Hamid signed on a transfer from Midland over in Denmark and, and Fred Briant just resigned uh, for two years. Hamid is on a three-year deal that will make him a, potentially the highest paid goalkeeper in MLS. Steve Goff reporting that the transfer fee is in the ballpark of $750,000. Um, pretty obvious moves in both cases. I think it's fair to say after, after this last season. Uh, yeah, these were, um, I think, especially Hamid, um, you know, the, the, between yeah, the one's a little different. Yeah, a, a little, um, but like Hamid best goalkeeper in the league, um, for a fan base that, that needed some kind of good news, um, getting this one done and getting it done like now, um, I think is very good. Um, the situation, uh, is always, it's been a very weird one. I've seen it sort of badly explained, uh, by, folks who only have like a cursory DC United knowledge uh, or it's been very badly explained. Yeah. Um, But the the situation is it's a weird one because, you know, the team took the risk of um, not uh, selling uh, to try and keep him around. And that brought him close enough to the end of his contract where teams were willing to wait. Um, And the deal they could offer him wasn't going to be, it wasn't satisfactory to him, but it was all they could probably offer. Um, they were hemmed in by other cap concerns and things like that. And so, well, and also um, I'm not convinced there was a number they could have thrown out that would have kept him. Uh, there probably was, it just probably was quite high. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, there, there might've been a theoretical one, but Bill wanted to go was, right. is an important part of this consideration or yeah. this story um, is Bill really wanted to go to Europe. And it, it didn't quite work out. It's not really, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I can't say for sure whether his time in Denmark, if he, how he played in the games that he played, because it's, if, in case you've been paying attention to soccer in America, it's kind of hard to watch the Danish league. Um, I don't know how you would go about doing that. Um, if you know, uh, I guess let us know. We're, we're probably, I'll be honest, we probably don't have time to watch the Danish league. Um, yeah, no, I don't let us know. I don't care. Okay. Don't, don't tell us. Please do not tell us how to watch the Danish league. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, he was placed at maybe the wrong team. Um, when you're a goalkeeper and you move abroad to a new league, what you don't want is to find yourself on a team that is storming to the top of the table, winning the league, uh, that has a veteran, uh, steady goalkeeper who isn't making any mistakes and giving you. There's just never a chance to get in because if if a team's winning, they don't tend to cycle their goalkeepers unless someone gets hurt or someone like the goalkeeper makes egregious errors um, or like does something off the field that gets them in trouble. Um, and that never happens. Or they're sold to a bigger lead, which right. someone right. in their thirties isn't going yeah. To, to um do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a good spot. I don't know how that went about. Um, I don't know too much of the details on that end, but um, in any case, um, that situation didn't work itself out. Bill came back on loan. He wanted, he, he liked being back. Um, I think the stadium being built means probably more to him as a player than anyone else on the roster um, because of his history with the team, with his, uh, you know, being a fan and then being in the Academy and all that stuff. So um, yeah, I think spiritually for the team, as well as the the soccer side's obvious, um, having the best goalkeeper in the league is a big advantage over other teams that might have bad goalkeepers um, or even average goalkeepers. Um, but also the, the spiritual side for the, for the, the team, for the fan base, um, it means a lot. And so it's a weird situation. It's not ideal that they had to pay uh, a fee to, to make it happen, but they made it happen. And that's, I think the more important thing, like I, I'm not too bothered that the team had to spend money to make this happen. I wish it were more smooth, but ultimately the end result is that Bill Hamid is going to be in goal for DC United for a while. And that's good. In the age of discretionary Tam or whatever follows with the, the CBA that is currently being negotiated. Mm -hmm. um, 
this kind of fee is less of a potential pitfall than it used to be, especially in the goalkeeping position. Um, there's more money in MLS now. Yeah. Uh, so a TAM level goalkeeper, if he is a difference maker, which we all know Bill Hamid is, um, it, is an important. Well, Go ahead. I mean, if you spent what the fee is, the 750,000, I think is the report. Um, or maybe even that was, I can't even remember if that was actually, con- I think that was in the email, um, the team release. It might've been, um, I don't think it was. I think it was just no, in Steve just Goff's reported. reporting. Okay. Um, well, I mean, either way, we, we know that that's accurate. So, um, right. but yeah, if someone told you you had to pay that much money to get a goalkeeper of Bill Hamid's quality and you, it was just, you know, John goalkeeper, mm-hmm. um, that's a pretty good deal. Um, yeah. You know, the best goalkeeper, the best player at his position in this league is worth more than that. Um, you know, we're in a league where, as we'll get into Kansas city just spent almost $10 million to get Alan Polito. Um, so, and that's not, he's not going to be the best striker in MLS. Um, now goalkeepers go for less than strikers, but not by that much, not by, you know, 10 times. So. Well, especially when people are overpaying for the, uh, Brad Gazans and the Tim Howard's of the world. Well, I mean, yeah, no one, no one should ever pay, overpay to the level that Colorado overpaid for Tim Howard. Yes. Um, uh, that was a spectacular folly that uh, people told them like, this isn't going to work guys. And they paid what? Two and a half million a year. Something like that. Yeah. To it was, Tim it Howard was over 2 million in salary a year um, on a player that I, was then like ensconced as a starter. Like they couldn't bench him um, for off field reasons. And this past year, I don't think he, his final final season, he really wasn't as bad as he had been, but his first two years in MLS were a disaster. Um, but yeah, Bill Hamid. Hey, Wayne Rooney's first MLS goal. <laughs> Tim Howard yeah, between right. the legs. Always remember, never forget. <laughs> um, we could probably keep talking about uh, Bill Hamid for yeah, a long should. time, but uh, moving on, there is, um, I think from Ecuador that DC United well, may be interested. Uh, okay, we can talk about Brian. We should at least say something about Brian. I know Ben uh, wrote that's, about Brian. That's true, and uh, alluded that he he might be less straightforward than than Bill Hamid. He is going. He is thirty five, which makes mm-hmm. a difference. That's why less straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben, I mean, he was really good this year, but there is a, a fairly decent sample size of. Uh, MLS center backs who reach 34, 35, and then they drop off really fast. Uh, as I wrote in my, uh, in my piece, uh, uh, Bobby Boswell dropped off real fast. Uh, once he went to, I mean, in his last DC United year, but then especially once he went to Atlanta United, uh, Chad Marshall retired in the middle of a year and both of them were the, about, about the same age as uh, uh, Frederick Briant is now. So I'm not saying that the same thing is going to ha- necessarily happen to Briant, but he's in that zone and a two-year contract is just a lot. And, uh, I hope it's fine. I really, I want it to work out, but I'm just trepidatious about it. And, that a word? And, 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 and trepidatious? From- of course trepidatious is a word, Adam. Yeah, people used to throw it around a lot in the uh, the late nineties. Uh, okay, that and like copacetic. They're like um, I'm not. I'm, though, not, right? I'm, not a, I'm not a copacetic person. <laughs> no, yeah, don't, don't put that on me. Don't be the, I'm not saying you. I'm saying people. Um, I would not accuse you of saying copacetic too often. Um, I've never. I've never said copacetic, except for tonight. <laughs> we got you. Um, Dang it. But uh, no, no, Ben's concern about Briant and a two-year contract is reasonable because he turns 35 this year uh, in, in the summer. So his contract will run until he's halfway through his 36th year. Um, and yeah, the, we've, seen, we've seen center backs play at, at that age with no problems. We've also seen center backs really just fall apart um, physically, you know, it's one of these things where, cause Briant's not that fast and he doesn't rely on his speed or like his, he doesn't do stuff like um, Donovan Pines had that moment where he did like the bizarre um, uh, 
extended leg uh, deflection of a crossfield ball to stop a counter in one game where it was like, how did that even happen? Like physically, how did that work? Um, he doesn't do any of that stuff. So that side of it, like the age side, the injuries that can come with that, um, the risk is a little lower, but I mean, we've seen it happen before with guys where it's like, well, it doesn't seem like he really like Boswell is a good example. Right. Um, Boswell didn't need speed. And then Boswell was he just fast. dropped off a cliff and then he just dropped off a cliff eventually. Right. Um, so there is that, but you know, on the other hand, I think, um, Briant looked better than anyone expected this year. He didn't have, as the season wore on, you didn't see him, you know, slowly start to decline or anything like that in terms of form, like the, the grind of the season didn't wear him down. Um, I am guessing, uh, we don't have any salary information yet. Uh, but I'm guessing that the extra year on the contract was probably the sticking point. Um, the good news is that if if Briant in 2020 suddenly just clearly can't hack it anymore, Donovan Pines is right there. Um, so the on-field side of it won't get markedly worse. Um, it's a risk, but at the same time, I, he, he kind of earned it this year. Um, you'd have to have some really – we'd have to have some really compelling physical data um, that the team would never make available, obviously, for good reason. Um uh, to say that he shouldn't have been given something now, if, if, you know, if the salary data comes out and he's still making the same amount, I would be a little like, well, that's a little bit much. Um, but well, yeah, well, we also don't know what the, uh, uh, salary cap is going to be next year, given the sure. uh, CBA negotiations. Right. You know, I, we're talking about a season that may not happen. Uh, theoretically, I personally, I don't think that that's going to come. We're going to get to that point, but, um, you know, we don't know that there won't be a strike. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think overall, I get it. Like, I, I see the argument to maybe not ex- to be a little more um, ruthless about it to to pursue maybe a more Red Bull style approach where once someone gets to a certain age, they kick you out the door. Like physically, someone comes and kicks you out the door frame. Um, but uh, you know, on the other hand, what if Briant plays really well next? What if he plays at the same level again? Well, and what if Pines isn't ready to step in as a starter? I mean, or at if, least if, at that level, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think at this point, the the scenario I'm almost kind of rooting for is not exactly like Jeff Park during Steve Birnbaum's rookie year, but mostly because that was due to injury. Um, but if Frederick Briant owns the starting role for the first half of a year and then Pines forces his way in, I'm I'm not going to complain, especially with Briant being available for uh, cup game, open cup games and whatever other tournaments the league cooks up. Because um, there's going to be one with Mexico that DC United is going to be taking part in at some point this year or next year. Um, so the, having depth at center back, even if that depth is or, or the starting line even is 35 years old is, is a good thing. I think Um, unless you, you had a center back that you were, were ready to bring in to be a starter uh, or at least to compete with pines at a very high level for that starting role. I I'm completely fine with signing Briant. Should we move on to the rumor I was getting to? Early. Yes. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, rumor out of Ecuador that uh, now former RSL attacker Joao Plata uh, could be getting some interest from DC United. Um, Plata is an interesting case. Uh, he's been around MLS, started with Toronto FC, who drafted him in the super draft, even though he was. Coming, he was a, already a professional coming out of another he, league. He did not understand of those. Um, yeah, uh, this was from the first year of the site. We we spent a lot of time, Martin Shatter and I, uh, trying to cover draft stuff because we were coming off of the 2010 season. Um, so I guess this is the second year of the site, but uh, our first draft to cover, and this was the first year they were doing that. It was bizarre. Um, there were random young international players just being put in the draft pool uh, for reasons that were never adequately explained. It still happens, but um, this was the first time they did it. And it was like, well, this guy's like an established pro already. Like I feel like he's going to be good. 
Yeah, but we found out later that Toronto FC did not understand that there were implications to drafting Plata as far as his transfer fee and yes. whatnot. Um, they didn't fully understand those when they drafted him, apparently, because this was the old regime at Toronto before they, you know. This was the worst team in the world, Toronto FC. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, but Joao Plata, little guy, attacker. So, you know, my five-year-old is is pro that. Uh plays really best as a second striker or wide left. I, I want to say um, not totally dissimilar to Fabiana Spindola um, has a tendency to go on, <sighs> has a tendency to go on tears where he's just unplayable for six or seven weeks and then to be pretty quiet for most of the rest of the season. Um, I think if there's a knock against him, it's that is that's been his pattern for several years at RSL. Uh, I think he's a free agent in in the league, so anybody can sign him without paying uh, Gam or Tam or anything else to RSL. So what do you guys think? Well, I, I have two things. The first is I don't want to compare anyone to Fabiana Spindola because of the the things that he did to various DC United players. So. Uh, I don't I mean, like that on guy. field. I'm strictly on field comparison. I'm not uh, sure, sure, sure. locker room I, stuff for off. I know, but I, I don't want, I don't want to give that guy any, any comparisons anymore. So aside that, um, I also wanted to talk about like, I think this rumor might be because of us. I, I don't know <laughs> if this is a real rumor or not. I think this might be from Jason's uh, post about the reentry draft where he was like, right. DC United could, could, could right. select uh, Joel Plata and that'd be okay. It would not be the first this, time. This is, this is, this is a, like this article was really, it would like saying it was badly sourced would give a bad name to any and all sources. I mean, this is, it the- was nothing. There was no bylines. There was nothing. Right. Right. But we see this every year with, transfer rumors sure, sure, sure. and I, and like i i see this a lot i've i I, yeah. I originally traded my name on things like this and i am saying this is badly sourced this is nothing sure um there the the report doesn't really mention anything it just it is like yeah dc united's interested uh and that's about it um and that's I mean, why it, i think it's based on our thing it would not be the first time that it would not be the first time Jason started an international transfer rumor by saying this player would be good. Right. Like this player makes sense as a re-entry draft uh, proposition for DC United um, becomes because every other country understandably is like, I don't know what this re-entry draft is. And sometimes you say, well, let me investigate. And sometimes you say, you know what? I don't even want those terms are making me shut my brain off. Uh, so I'm just going to, move on as if this is a list of people that DC United is definitely pursuing. Um, You know, foreign understanding of MLS's various rules is very low because MLS's rules are extraordinarily complicated and opaque. Um, They are not just difficult, but difficult in a way that's like, I don't even want to get started with you guys. Um, But, uh, you know, take it, let's, you know, to, to take take it from the other angle and say like maybe these maybe in Ecuador they are hearing rumors that he could actually it could actually be a thing um I will say Plata is more winger that tucks in rather like he's not really a forward um he's not especially on a team like DC United that plays with one forward uh almost all of the time um he's not going to see any time up top unless something terrible has happened like a red card like we saw lucho play wide uh left a couple of times um and briefly played he played defensive midfield in one of the friendlies um which uh olsen was like yeah i mean we just wanted to get people minutes uh don't expect to see that ever again um but uh you know this is a team that struggled for uh, for game changing players and when Plata's in form, that is exactly what he is. He's a player that does things that people don't expect. He's fast. He's not like, you know, the fastest player in the league, but he's fast, really good on the dribble, really creative, um, has that that different way of playing that we don't see enough of in MLS and that this team didn't have enough of this past year. So um, he would be, if, if his salary isn't 
significantly cut down, then it's probably not going to happen. Um, but uh, if, if they can, if, if they're interested and if they're talking to him, if they could get him in on, and again, we're still stuck with this um, CBA terms that might no longer exist, but uh, if they get him in as like a sub designated player salary, like near the maximum, but not above it, um, then it starts to make sense, especially when we haven't had confirmation yet on Lucas Rodriguez. Um, and, and even if they, even if they do have confirmation on him, you still, you, I don't want DC to go into the season with Ariola, Assad, Rodriguez, and then Segura and Boateng. I uh, like, I want those last two. I want an upgrade somewhere in there. Um, I want Ben Olsen when games start, I want him to have more than one, attacking sub that will actually change the game. Um, and right now as the roster is comprised, assuming they assign, they sign a playmaker uh, somewhere in there that still leaves you with one, you know, whether it's Rodriguez or Assad or Ariola, that leaves you with one guy coming off the bench that changes the game that might actually, you know, be a real weapon to put in the games. And that's not enough. They need more than that. And, and that's, and that's still a big if, if and then and that's still a big if if they actually sign said uh attacking midfielder. Right. Um because those deals that deal everyone in the world just about wants a playmaker. Um right. so those guys are in more demand. The deals tend to be more complicated, they tend to be more expensive. DC has often preferred to wait till the summer because there are more players available. So, yeah, um if that's the case, especially if that's the case, then they, they almost have to find someone else um, that can do that can help the team for that first period if, if they end up waiting to the summer. And we're not saying that we think they are. It's just, you know, we've seen patterns like that play out. Um, so, yeah, if, if they don't have a playmaker already in the works, then that's all the more reason to, if not Plata, then someone like Plata from within the league. And there are guys like that on the list. So, I hope that they can find a way to make it make this or something similar to it work because I, I really don't want them to go into the season with, you know, well, we can bring in one different sort of attacker. And then after that, it's just fresh legs. Uh, that's not enough. So I let's, let's talk about some of the, those questions that you guys raised uh, Jason earlier, you mentioned Alan Polito signed by sporting campus, Kansas city from Chivas for many, many figures um, starting to he- see some of those signings start to be announced now, even though the, the transfer window isn't officially open um, at what point, if you're a DC United fan, should you start getting nervous about that? Because like you said, um, DC United in recent years has a history of waiting until the summer to bring guys in. Even when they signed Rooney over the winter, they didn't, he didn't arrive until the summer. Ariola, Stieber, Knaus, all of them came in the summer. Um, but then you have Lucho was a winter arrival. You have some other TT was a, a winter arrival. You do have some, but when do you start getting nervous about announcements? I mean, for me, I, I I wait until mid to late January, especially with the CBA uh, discussions coming up. I feel like if you don't know what is happening, I feel like uh, with the CBA, it's not going to be a huge – It's you have time to wait and, until – the beginning of next year until you have some uh, CPA knowledge. So I'm not worried yet if it's February and they've not signed a another forward. If they haven't signed an attacking midfielder, then it's time to worry, but uh, I'm not worried yet. And I'm not going to be worried. And until there's at least some clarity on uh, on a CBA deal. Yeah, I mean that's it's it's a bad year to to have major moves to make because of the uncertainty. It would be much better to be um, in a position where we didn't have so much to do uh, as a team. But you know the, the CBA kind of looms over all of this. Um, 
you know, going back to the Lucho move, I, I don't think he actually arrived and started training with the team. I, you know, it's a little while now, but um, I think it was very close to the end of preseason before he was actually involved. Um, yeah, I think he was only in one or two of those preseason games. Right. So it, it's not ideal. Um, you really want this stuff to be done in time for the, I think preseason for non-Champions League team was uh, team teams opens on the January 18th or 19th. That um, sounds right. Um, so yeah, you want these things done in the next couple of weeks. Um, but realistically, you know, the, the first window for MLS teams, it runs until May. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of ludicrous. It's like a three month window. It doesn't, I don't know that there's another league in the world that has one like that. And I'm not sure why it's like that, but like some of the other MLS oddities, I understand like the, the schedule being when it is, I get it. It makes more sense than otherwise. Um, this one, I, I can't really wrap my head around why the, um, the window would be this long. Um, I hope that none of that comes in. I hope we don't have to talk about the end of the transfer window with regards to this kind of move. Um, but to answer the question, I, I think Ben's probably on the right track with like, with like around the start of training camp, you'd want to at least hear like DC United is deep in talks with such and such. Um, by that point, um, you certainly don't want to be hitting like Valentine's day and there's still nothing. Uh, now with that said, DC a couple of times now has just been like, here's a move that's happening. It's happening right now. And it's like a big thing. Um, you know, going back to like Zoltan Stieber, that one came kind of out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden it was done. Um, a few other moves have happened in that similar fashion. So um, well, that deadline day swoop for Areola Canaus and it, it's long enough. No, now that I don't have all four names at the, the top of my head. Um, uh, Areola Canaus, Bruno Miranda and Zoltan Stieber. Yeah. Yep. The, all four of those kind of came out of nowhere. And they yeah. all happened on deadline day. Um, so this DC United has always been very tight lipped and Dave Casper runs a tight ship when it comes to, to leaks. The word gets out when, when he wants it to get out um, most of the time. And so it, it, it's, we might be waiting for a little while. Yeah. But hopefully something does happen. Um, the season is starting earlier this year than ever before. DC United's home opener has been confirmed. It'll be February 29th, uh, a Saturday afternoon against the Colorado Rapids. It will be the first game of, of several that day, which makes it officially the earliest MLS regular season game ever. The first one ever held in February. In fact, uh, the first game of the, the new decade uh, as well. Um, I don't know if those matter, but it's kind of neat trivia if, if nothing else. Um, I, I, for one, am happy it will be an afternoon game because a night game in February outside in DC just sounds like terrible. <laughs> sounds murderous. Um, I'd much rather be in the sun for that. Um, and Steve Goff saying that the, the game, the following weekend, March 7th will probably be at home and also in the afternoon. So that's good news as far as I'm concerned as well. Yeah. Yep, I mean, sounds I'm, great. Uh, I'm not necessarily excited about the prospect of a like uh, end of February weather in DC. It could be like 50 and clear and no precipitation, or it could be like 33 uh, with wintry mix the entire time. Uh, it could be howling winds. It could be nothing like it's a completely chaotic time of year for us. So um, it's not the best, but there's also, you know, there's no real escaping it. And it's also only a day earlier than last year's home opener, which was very cold. If memory serves um, cold and rainy, I want to say too. Um, it's not a good time of year for most of MLS to have a game, but it's also the realities of geography, which we keep coming back to like, and it, there's nowhere to there's nowhere to put the games, so uh, it's going to be rough. But uh, like Adam said, one o'clock is probably the best time of day at that time of year to have a game, at least. You know, small small mercies. Yeah. Uh, what it, what it all comes down to is colonialism was a mistake, and we're learning that now because of soccer. Thank you, soccer. <laughs>
With that, we're going to call it a segment. We will be right back with Cake or Death. Stick around. It's Filibuster. All right. Say you're at work and uh, something unfortunate or untoward happens and you need some legal representation to uh, to assert your rights in that situation, whether a boss mistreated you, you were fired unfairly, uh or, or or something worse happens. Ben, in the District of Columbia and Northern Virginia, you know who to call, right? Yeah, you call the Ehrlich Law Office because you have rights. That's right. And your rights matter. And you deserve to be free from harassment. And you deserve to work. The Ehrlich Law Office handles workplace discrimination. They do civil rights. Uh, if you have a wage theft issue, they are there for you. If you have uh, a separation from your employer that you want to to get down on paper and you're dealing with a a non-compete clause or or something to to that effect if you uh if you feel like your civil rights have been violated by a local government call the ehrlich law office uh if you want a free consultation tell them we sent you go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster back to filibuster the black and red united podcast um we spent the break talking about terrible foods and we will spare you that um adam but- has bad food bad bad food opinions like he has good not. Regu- he has good regular food opinions but he has bad bad food opinions no ben i don't i we all agreed it's a bad idea to order pizza from a stand on piccadilly circus in london like i don't know if we all agreed that's that. a bad call i don't I, know if you agreed that I did agree with that. I called it the worst food I've ever eaten. I mean, I'm just saying if you're if you're very drunk, um, the standards for what constitutes bad food are, are much, much more uh, liberal and accepting. And also, Those I am pizza- not the one in my group that made the mistake more than once. I learned from okay. my mistake. Uh, that's something. Uh, at least you had a learning experience. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so- we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> We're here to talk about uh, four players on DC United's roster and whether we want them back for next year. Uh, This is cake or death, or as some people call it. And by some, you mean two thirds of this podcast. Uh, You guys are going to have to say it because I'm not going to say it. Goat or Fox. Adam, the segment is called Goat or Fox. It's really not. (laughs) It says in my notes here, cake or death. Uh, this is where we go through the roster and decide whether we want someone back, give them cake, goat, or whether we want to send them on their way, death, which feels a little bit harsh, but fox. That's why we call it fox and the, not the death. bringer of death. Because death, death is death is so <laughs> depressing. Just give them a, a cuddly fox instead. Give them an undomesticated animal. <laughs> It's better than just straight up death. It's metaphorical death, Ben. It's not meant to be literal. We're not. It could be a metaphorical Until we start delivering actual pieces of cake or full on cakes to players we want back next year. I don't think we can be accused of, of wishing actual death on people. Anyway, first name up, uh, DC United's third goalkeeper spent a lot, most, if not all the season with Loudoun United, Earl Edwards Jr. Um, brought in before last season. Uh, I think he had been at Orlando before. Yes. Um, yes. Not the typical young, fresh drafty. He's he's got some time under his belt. He's in his mid twenties. Um, but chance to to prove himself. Um, did not get the the second string job. Um, Behind Bill Hamid, got beaten out for that by Chris Seitz, but apparently is in talks with DC United to come back next year uh, and probably spend most of his time with Loudon again. So the question is not whether he will come back for our purposes. It's Jason, do you want him back next year? Uh, I think so, uh, barring um, you know the ascension of like a homegrown goalkeeper. Um, or something like that. Someone very young with a lot of a high ceiling. Um, in 
the times I got to talk to both Richie Williams when he was coaching Loudon and Ryan Martin when he took over, uh, both of them had a lot of positive things to say about um, Edwards as a leader uh, for their young players, as an, a good example of professionalism, all that stuff. Um, he played well when he played for Loudon. Um, we didn't see him for DC, but you know that's kind of not the job. Um, when you're a veteran third string goalkeeper, um, your job is to be good in the locker room, be ready if you do have to come into a game somehow. Um, and you know, playing at the USL level, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, it's, it's not even that important that he play brilliantly with those. If, if he's a good leader with that group, it's probably more beneficial long term than it is in, um, helping grind out a random game against Memphis 901. Um, the fact that he did both when he got the chance um, is good. So if he's happy with the role, if it's not going to cause a problem, then I don't see a reason to want to see him go. So I would say go. I'm inclined to say the same, um, partly because he, he did show well um, in the opportunities he was given at Loudon and, and also because of the opportunity cost of spending any time trying to find a replacement for him. DC United has some more pressing needs this off season. And I would rather them go with the third string keeper who, who might be able to play his way up versus going out and taking a, a total flyer on somebody in that mm. third spot and have to maybe give them trials or, or negotiate or, you know, whatever else um, instead spend that energy, getting a playmaker, uh, figuring out what to do about TT Rodriguez signing Hamid and Briant, which they did um, figuring out what to do with TT. Um, so I would rather do that. So I say cake for all of those reasons. Ben, ben are you still with us? I am. I was okay. waiting for Adam to throw it to me. He just, just trailed I, off there. I <laughs> stop and that's your cue to jump in. Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, I thought a host usually throws things to people. No, I often just stop when at the end of my thought, when it's clear okay. who's, who's up next. I mean, yeah, I think uh, Earl Edwards should stay. It's a third. He's a third goalkeeper. It's, uh, it, it's not a big deal. He, he doesn't get paid a lot uh, and they can get another third goalkeeper if they need to. So yeah. Uh, give him goat. Next up, Ola Kamara, striker brought in the middle of uh, 2019 to, well, really brought in when it was clear that Wayne Rooney was not going to be staying beyond 2019. It would have been nice, uh, possibly season changing, if he and Rooney had been able to play together some at all. Uh, they played season. 61 minutes together. Yeah. Like I was saying, most of those or a chunk of that is after Toronto had scored four goals in 15 minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But it it didn't happen due to injuries and suspensions and what have you. I'm waving my hands. Um, But when he was on the field, Olakamara produced. He had three goals in his relatively limited minutes. Uh, for DC this year, and that bodes well because his his whole thing has been scoring buckets of goals for whatever team he plays for in MLS, and it looks the early indications are that he he still got it, which is nice, Jason. Yeah, um, when you look at his rate of goal scoring uh, and minutes, uh, we'd be talking about um, a potential league record uh, goal scoring season. If he played every second of uh, uh, all of 2020, which is unlikely for any striker, um, but it's, you know, it's a limited, obviously it's a very small sample size. We're talking about under 300 minutes, but at the same time he scored three goals in that time. And he scored one great goal. That's not the normal Ola Kamara goal. And then two very normal Ola Kamara goals. Um, And that's a good recipe. Um, It seemed like the team knows what to do with him. It seems like he knows what to do within the group. Um, The fact that he was able to have some success on a team that was not creating very many chances for anyone. um, That's promising. Um, Yeah, I I see uh, 
absolutely no problem. But I think it's going to be, I, I have a bit of very high confidence in Ola Kamara being a, um, the kind of striker that a contender should be able to put on the field, the the kind of goal scorer that the contending teams all seem to have. I think he can be at that level with like, maybe not Joseph Martinez, but maybe with um, Raul Rui Diaz, guys like that. So um, he's the kind of guy that can put 20 goals in next year. And that's what DC United needs. So um, a goat, uh, a large goat uh, from Norway. Ben? I mean, yeah, Jason said it all. Uh, he didn't have too much time to uh, prove himself this year, but when he was on the field, he did a great job, and uh, they paid a lot of money for him, and he has a good MLS resume. And yeah, you got to give him go. He's going to be the centerpiece of the attack next year. They've got to get some complementary or equal players for him uh, going forward, but. For him in particular, yes, of course, you give him a go. Uh, one thing I, I do want to mention about him, he scores goals in different ways. He's not a Jassy Zardes tap-in artist. He, I mean, you saw it with his first goal for for DC, where he just lined up a curler and, and hit it yeah, from outside the box. Like, go ahead and have one. And he was like, all right. You sure about this? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he can Adam, score with Adam, his head. He can you, score with his spoke- feet. Adam, you spoke the cursed name. There are many cursed names. We've we've well, been around as a podcast for a long time. There's so many cursed names. Yeah. But yes, um, I will probably trip over my own feet doing something very simply and then follow it up by, I don't know, scoring goals in an international game somehow. Um, because I invoked it. Uh, that I will have a haircut that... I get specifically for my grandmother. I don't know. Uh, Next up on our list. People are going to be really mad when you get called up uh, for the national team, Adam. (laughs) No, no offense. (laughs) They will be rightly very mad. But you know what? He is not a professional soccer player. Uh, (laughs) If, if I get called up to play forward for, for Greg Berhalter, I will answer the call. Oh yeah. I expect you to show up and and do your best. (laughs) I, I, I don't have another choice. Um, I'm pretty sure my, my, Day job will give me time off for that. I don't know, actually. I'm pretty short on leave right now. Um, now I'm that's, thinking that's about this article, way too though. hard. That's a whole article right there. Is like <laughs> Greg Berhalter's latest call up uh, striker, Adam Taylor. Uh, My, he is running into difficulty getting to camp because his actual job won't allow him time off. <laughs> I thought you were saying that's a story for my employer, which does not really run sports stories outside of sports business i'm in site editor mode i'm thinking oh that's good (laughs) that's good content right there guys it's a Uh, it will never go away like my brain is probably permanently rewired as a result we're all we're all broken (laughs) yeah every single one of us twitter Uh, especially has broken all of us yes next up russell knaus um speaking of broken had a collapse lung for part of the year came back uh, had to get on the field. The defensive midfielder finished the season as the starting right back, be- like you do. Um, ben, what did you make of of Knaus's season, and and do you want him back in twenty twenty? I definitely want him back in twenty twenty. He definitely had an up and down season. Uh, I thought he played pretty well as a right back, but I don't want to see him as a right back. I I want a right back playing that role, and I. At his best, he is a he should be able to start as a center a central uh midfielder on this team. He should be able to beat out Felipe. Uh and he's a borderline US men's national team uh quality player at that position. So I want him to get back to that level and I want it to be at central midfield. So I hope he is able to come back in this offseason and, and reclaim that position. Uh, cause they need somebody else better at the right back position. So I don't want him to just default to there either. So I, I give him, I, I give him goat and I want that to be a majestic midfield goat. I don't know if that's a thing. First it is. Off. I, I said it. There's a lot of different kinds of goats. Um, 
but obviously he gets cake. You obviously want him back. He's a guy that forces way onto the field outside of his natural position because his being on the field in whatever context made the team better. He is um, not just a tempo setter with the ball potentially, um, which isn't really his style, but he can play that role. He's a tone setter for the team when he's getting into tackles or, or just taking the ball off of people standing up. Um, he's got a little bit of swag in, in that deep midfield, which is not common for American defensive midfielders, but he'll, he'll do a trick or two out there and do it well. And for a purpose to get himself space and, and he'll make the pass after that. Um, as long as he's connected to his midfield partner and and not leaving major gaps and, and runners unmarked through the midfield, he's an absolute right it and Sharpie kind of starter in this league. You have to bring him back. Uh, yeah, I think um, an important aspect here is the fitness of O'Neill Fisher. Um, if Fisher comes back and is back where he was or can get there by the end of preseason, then all of a sudden you don't have the need for a spe- And also hopefully next season is uh, a better attempt at being a better attacking team for lo- a longer period of time. Um, Cause that's part of the reason he got moved back. It wasn't just that, um, you, you know, there were, there were, uh, it was a several, it was several factors ending up with him at right back. Um, I, I think like Ben, I want to see him, back in central mid or like both of you, I want to see him back in central midfield, um, which means beating either Felipe or junior Moreno out. I think of that trio, uh, Canals is the different player. Uh, Felipe and Moreno both are a little more stationary. Um, they hold their position a little more. Um, Canals's ability to cover ground quickly and make tackles and, and be physical and just be difficult to play against. Um, when you have Moreno and Felipe together, you don't have that as much. Uh, Felipe is difficult to play against. Moreno is difficult to play against, but they don't cover the ground as quickly. Um, you get, you'll see if you look back on those games where the, that was the midfield pairing Moreno and Felipe teams would occasionally have a, a, especially when Ariola wasn't the attacking midfielder teams had time to breathe in central midfield. Canals does not give you that time. Uh, he is always right on you. Um, and I think if you're going to be a team that wants to be more front foot, more effective going forward, you have to have that. If you let teams breathe going the other way, they can possess the ball and all of a sudden you have to drop off. And DC United has tended to struggle. Once they start to drop off, they tended to sort of struggle at shifting gears and getting back to being front foot. Um, and so the, the, for a lot of reasons, I think the team is more effective if they've got a right back, uh, a starting caliber right back, whether that's Fisher or Chris Odoyachim, or someone that's not on the team yet, whatever. Um, and I, what I want to see is Canals is the st- one of the starters in defensive midfield, and then Moreno and Felipe are battling for that other spot. Um, but some of that does take, you know, there was a stretch of time where Canals was playing with a little bit of a, he, he's got a knee issue that can kind of rob him of some of his quickness. Um, in that, in those instances, he's not the same player. Um but if he's fully healthy for a full season, I think you plug him in central midfield and this team is much more able to control games by not being so easy to play against in the middle. Um, and I think that's it's critical. Um, so I, obviously I want him back. Um, I, I just, I hope we're getting, uh, you know, he seems to be taking it easy this off season. Um, I mean, taking it easy for canal still means, uh, having a side job as a realtor, despite being a professional soccer player, um, which is crazy, but that's that's how he's wired. He wants to be active, so um, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that he's at his best next season. I think DC United can be a significantly better team if they've got the best version of Canals playing in central midfield. Um, but it might, you know, depending on Fisher's status, it it might end up being a fit situation where if we don't have a right back come in from the transfer market, then he might be needed back there again. So um, it's goat, but the, 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 it's more of the circumstances around canals that I'm concerned with uh, whether the roster is structured correctly to allow him to play where he belongs. Well, now I'm worried. 
about the right back situation, which it, it hopefully be, I don't well, have to be. It, it, it is very be, early. Right. Yeah. Uh, O'Neill Fisher could come back and just go right back to who he was right before he got hurt. And then, you know, things are much better. And at the very least, rightful, uh, the the true and, and rightful comeback player of the year, Chris Dewey Atchum is is there on the bench as well right. at right back. Uh, last name for for this show is Quincy Ameriqua. Striker came in, um, really became known uh, among DC fans and I think around the league, at least during his time in DC, for for his mental strength league and his uh, antics to get into opponents' heads. Um, it became a little bit of a gift factory uh, for, for some of his off-the-ball, really dead-ball type stuff, um, trolling other <laughs> players from the other team. Uh, did not score a bunch, but nobody on DC scored a bunch when he was uh, getting minutes. So I, some of that's on him, some of it's on on the team. Ben? Do you want him back? It sounds like he's not going to be back. He's a free agent. Um, sounds like he will probably not be back in DC. But if you had your druthers, would he be? I feel like I give him Fox. I f- he's a great personality. He's a good person. He. I feel like he'd be great as like a third striker. But I, I don't think that he's his situation works out for DC United and where DC United wants to go, uh, especially not as the straight backup for Wayne Rooney. So I give him Fox because I think DC United needs to do better. I'm going to disagree. I think, well, I agree with a lot of the merits of what you said, but I disagree on the conclusion. I think he was on something close to the league minimum deal or the league minimum salary last year. He, he was, was he was the, he was on the he was low he, he was, was on the senior minimum. Yep. Okay. Seventy grand. And at that price, um, you you have him in there to be a body in training, to be a spot on the bench, work a few minutes, especially if you have a lead and you want to just have someone out there to bang on the the center backs and be an outlet. Um, and and you have someone in there to kind of be the a little bit of a locker room counselor almost. Um, it, it There's very little downside, I think, to him holding a roster spot. You do have to, I think, get better strikers than him ahead of him on the depth chart. You need two or three ahead of him on the depth chart. But having him on the roster, I think, is, is an easy yes um, for me anyway. So... It's a matter of what you do around the decision to bring him back rather than that decision itself. So I'd, I'd give him cake. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty much in line with Adam. Um, I think at his price tag, um, if he's a defensive forward option um, that is not the direct backup to Ola Kamara, if there's another player between those two on the depth chart and Ameriqua gets into games when it's time to shut games down. Or, you know, if, if one of the other two forwards is, is unavailable, then he might sub in Um, at that price point. You're not going to do better. I don't think Um, you might have a player who has higher potential. You might be able to use that roster spot on someone who is 20, 21, 22, um, who could become a better player down the road. And if you have that player, then sure. Um, At that point, then I get it. Um, and maybe DC does. Cause if you're, if you have a guy that you're going to allow test to test the free agent market and he was on the senior minimum, you've said, I don't want to pay him the senior minimum. Um, so he's not coming back. I would say, um, I will miss the personality side. And I do kind of think there is a place for him on the team. Um, on the other hand, uh, if you've not, if United tomorrow said like, Hey, um, we're going to sign one of the guys from Loudon um, to take that role. I'd say, ah, you know, same difference. You know, Kyle Murphy played well for Loudon. He finished with a uh, career high in goals and he's also a defensive forward, a hard worker, uh, physical, that kind of guy. So um, I don't think he's the guy. I'm just saying that as an example, um, 
yeah, I don't have a problem with him being on the team. I think he contributed a lot that we didn't get to see. I also don't think it's worth getting too upset if if they're going to do what it appears they're going to do, which is to not bring him back. Um, I don't think it's a ma- – this is a marginal decision either way. Um, but, yeah, if, if it were me, I would say, you know what, let's not overthink this one. Let's bring him back for another year and um, – or, you know, assuming he wants to come back at the same price because who knows if he has – other teams, you know, if someone wants to pay you eighty five thousand instead of seventy thousand, you're probably going to take that. Um, but uh, yeah, I would be fine with Goat here. Uh, I'm not going to su- be surprised though if if he's not if he's not with DC next year. I, I think that's what's about to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I just want him his role redefined. He shouldn't be the only backup forward. That was a real big problem with roster construction this year. Anything else you guys want to? touch on before we call it a night no i'm good all right uh stay away from pizza and piccadilly circus uh no matter how drunk you get throwing it out there just a reminder to people thank you all for listening to this week's show find us at blackandredunited.com you can support us financially at patreon.com slash filibuster also on pinecast um where we host the podcast, you can drop some money in the tip jar if you're so inclined and you don't want to commit to a, a monthly recurring kind of thing. Uh, find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast, at Black and Red U for the website. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. If you are a Purdue fan or Purdue alum, reach out to us. We got to make Ben drink that Boilermaker next week. Um, rate, download, subscribe, review whatever else, wherever you get your podcasts, find us there. Uh, Mostly though, tell a friend about the show for Jason and Ben. I'm Adam and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Uh, If I ever visit London and get very drunk, I am going to go to Piccadilly Circus and eat the pizza. It's a mistake. One time. Jason, Jason, don't do it. No, I'm going to do it. Don't, don't, don't do it. It's a bad choice. (laughs) It's a bad bake, Jason. It's a bad bake. Gonna do it once. Uh-huh.